2: of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judge on Score North and Scorenorth.com. We played a team that was playing very well, a team that always always battles with us. Uh, and we were able to come out and, and show up and uh, have a couple of nice games against them uh, today, especially it was that, that was fun to watch. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, as this weather uh, turns on us and, you know, we get this it was a little rainy out there, but, you know, a lot better than some of the stuff we've been dealing with. Uh, I think those bats are coming alive, too.
1: And welcome into our Weekly edition, as I take the... Let's say, where'd you go? It was a piece of paper. If you were watching that, I put my notes down, and then, oh, there are my notes, and now my notes are off. You see? Very, very, very sly of me. Welcome in, as I'll try this again, to our weekly edition of uh, Talking Twins, Zolga, Jake Depew, Declan Goff is always executive producing the show and chiming in as well, Uh, and Jake, we just heard from Rocco Baldelli there. Twins take two of three from the Kansas City Royals, who uh, came in, I think, with the best record in baseball. When the series started on Friday, last time we talked last Monday, everything was falling apart. Our our pets heads were falling off. The twins were a complete mess. They then lost another game. They then came back and won the series finale in Cleveland. Uh, And certainly after day off Thursday looked like a much improved team against Kansas city. So how are you feeling right now about this club? And most importantly, the emergence of young Alex Kirloff, who I guess was prepared to hit in Major League Baseball after a very important stint in the in the um, temporary or in the site, uh, the alternate site. The alternate site. Thank you. It escaped my older mind in St. Paul because he didn't play games, but he is now. And I got to tell you, I love the swing. How, how do you feel as we start the show about the twins right now compared to a week ago?
2: Um, I mean, I certainly feel better than I did a week ago, just like everybody else. I still think uh, they have legitimate issues that they need to address. I think the bullpen, which we'll talk about, is one of them. Obviously, Maeda, who we're going to talk about as well, is another. But, um, you know, I mean, they're 10 and 16, and it's weird how, like, recency bias affects this. They've won three or four, so now we're all, you know, planning the parade. If If we had gone back to, you know, April 1st and said the Twins would be 10 and 16 – you know, we'd be in full panic mode. So um, obviously, you know, there is time. I thought Garver had an interesting quote after the game. I think it was yesterday. Um, Doe do Young Park tweeted this out that uh, he was basically like, we need to win every series between now and the All-Star break, um, which I thought was, uh, you know, a good bit of self-awareness from him for sure. But, you know, if that's what they need to do. They, need, they They're not probably, you know, going to go on a 10 or 15 game winning streak i mean that's possible but i think i think he's right they need to just continue to win series and climb back to 500 so um i'm still feeling not great overall but but better than uh than i was a week ago but kirloff yes. definitely excites me i mean he, he's the real deal and, and we obviously knew that coming in and, and he hit so many balls hard uh for outs you know the first week or so that he was up i, I really wasn't concerned even though he started like over 15 or whatever but, man, he barrels a lot of balls. He just looks like a professional hitter. His swing is so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hitting four home runs, you know, in three games uh, in that Royals series, you know, he's not intimidated by starting pitching at all. So he, Twins fans should be really excited about Kirilov. Uh, I, I think he's going to provide better production than Eddie Rosario uh, out, out in left field. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he seems like a very focused guy, kind of a no-nonsense guy. <laughs> he doesn't show a lot of emotion. Uh, and just seems really, really focused on on baseball, and um, and it was a great debut for him. And and I do want to just say, and this is the last time on this podcast, I'll go on this rant, but um, you know, they called him up, so there's a natural fit because Sano went on the IL, but they called him up right after his you know service time issues were were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like one of two things basically have to be true: either they totally misevaluated. His talent, you know, and saying that he wasn't ready to start the season with the big league club, which obviously is not accurate. These guys know how talented he is and how good he is. Um, Or they held him down for service time manipulation. Uh, And so I think it's clearly the latter, even though I can't prove that and they would never say that. Uh, But if you think about how many close games they lost, you know, in the first three weeks of the year when Kirilov wasn't up and some of the hitters that were hitting in those, you know, extra inning games. Uh, you know, Kirilov, if he if he changes one or two of those outcomes, that's a big deal. And, and that could come back, you know, if they do climb back into this thing and and they're in the wildcard race or the division race last couple of weeks of the year, that could come back to haunt them. You know, and I just given that that there's going to be a new CBA um, and, you know, I mean, who knows even what the state of the world is even going to be in 2027 when they get that extra year? You know, we might not even be playing baseball at that point. Um, I'm just kidding, but hopefully. Uh, But I I just, I thought it was ridiculous and it it, it really did come back to bite them again because they had so many of these close losses and we're seeing what Kirilov can do. So um, it's a mistake. Service time manipulation is a mistake. In my opinion, I get the logic, but I just disagree with it fundamentally. And um, they did it to Kirilov in my view and and it's cost him, but he's up now and he's hitting really well.
1: So first eight games up here, Kirilov, 115, he drove in a run, went Three for 26, by by the way, to get to the 115 batting average. No home runs, six strikeouts, no walks. The series against the Royals, Jake DePew, 4-12, of four runs scored, nine runs driven in, a walk, six strikeouts again, and all four of his hits were home runs. There's something I like about him, though. One is, in those first eight games, he hit the ball really well. He didn't get some luck. I mean, that's going to happen. It's baseball it never seemed to impact him. Like, he's a young guy. He easily could have been like, I can't buy a hit. What the hell? These shifts are killing me, right? Like, like you see young players in all sports get flustered. He did not seem to. The second thing is, as fun as the home runs have been, I see that swing, and I don't just see power. I think that swing is beautiful. Like, Like, he's striking out a lot right now. I think that cuts down a bit. Um, and he definitely uh, goes to the plate, Jake, with an approach. But I see that swing, and I just don't think power. I think this guy can play. He has an approach at the plate. I just think that for the future, there is a lot to like here, a lot. And it, it goes beyond home runs and and hot streaks. I think this guy is going to be a really impactful player and hit for a really long time.
2: It's a it's an absolutely gorgeous left handed swing for sure. Um and and yeah, I mean he's what twenty three. Uh you know so I mean he he's not even close to his prime yet. Uh, and he was never a big strikeout guy in the minors, so I really don't think that's concerning. Um I, I think that'll sort of regulate as the year goes on. But there's a ton to be excited about, and you can see now why you know prospect evaluators were so high on him. Um, You know, he didn't in 2019, he didn't hit for a ton of power. I think he had a wrist issue, but he still hit for a high average. He still got his walks. Uh, So this guy, he's a professional hitter, you know, and unfortunately his defense looks like it's pretty mediocre. So he is going to have to hit, uh, you know, to stick in the big leagues and and potentially be a star. But I just, the sample size is small, but there's nothing I've seen to this point that would lead me to believe that he's not going to be, you know, a 300 type hitter with power. And, And like you said, not just home runs, but gap to gap. You know, a lot of doubles. Good and, swings, and man.
1: Good swings are so much fun to watch. I love a good swing.
2: Joe Mauer had the best one I think I've seen. Yeah, at least for at least for Carew probably of. for me. Carew is great. For a twin. Yeah, I mean, that, probably was, be, that was before my time, right. but.
1: Right. But I'm just saying a sweet swing is such a thing of beauty. Because it's it's hard to do. Like you yeah. don't just like you are not just born with uh, hey, we are all we all can swing a bat real well. I mean some People hone it and have it, and I think this kid does. Now, you mentioned something that I want to talk about, because this is the next part of the Kirloff discussion that's going to get dicey. I think the Twins right now are buying time on this. I don't blame them, to be very clear. I agree with them, because I think they're probably trying to decide how best to do it. Alex Kirloff, in the field, you're right. It's a work in progress, okay? But, Jake, I think he has a... A lot better chance to turn himself into a guy that can play first base pretty well because I don't know that he can cover a ton of ground in left. Like, I just don't think he can, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. But my point is, I think if you were to work with him at first base, he could turn himself into a pretty good player there. And there are directions that you can go with him there. And I don't see any need. To rush Sano back, and I think long term, and by that I'm talking 2022. I think that Kirilov is a first baseman. We're all going to well, we're all going to be sitting at home in 2022. Okay, I'm just saying as soon as possible. Long long term, not being 2024 or five. I'm saying I think that Alex Kirilov is your first baseman, not an outfielder, and I think that the sooner that's accepted you can move on and probably be in a better spot. All of this is a long winded way of saying Miguel Sano is coming back, but I don't think he needs to play a ton.
2: Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Sano. I mean, you know, obviously you can, like you said, you can put Kirilov in left, but he just doesn't have much range out there based on, on what I've seen and and what you've seen. It sounds like, so um, I think he is better suited for first base. And I think, you know the the plan moving forward, uh, and obviously I was kidding about 2022. Half kidding. You're, Hopefully no, there's you might be right. I mean, I mean, yeah. I might stand well, corrected
1: there. They might not play baseball.
2: They, they might not. But let's let's be optimistic for a second and assume sure. they are. I think in 2022 you move Sano to DH, which is kind of the track he's been heading on um, all along. Uh, and Kirilov is your starting first baseman. Kirilov isn't great over there yet. By any means, he has made some smooth plays. He's made a couple. Of, uh, he didn't pick an, an Andrelton Simmons throw that was pretty easy uh, in the game yesterday. Yes, uh, it wasn't. It was not an in between hop. That was not a hard play. So he's got some more to do over there. But I think he'll. I think he'll get better just based on what we know about him and his work ethic. Uh, and then you can move Sano to DH. But as far as this year, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, how are you going to get Miguel Sano at bats? You know, I mean, he's been terrible against lefties. That's small a, sample That's size. the problem, though. Yeah, it's two yeah, years now. Yep, it You're is. Right. It is, and it's still it's still less than a hundred at bat, fewer than a hundred at bats. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to do a natural platoon if Sano can't can't hit lefties. So, I, I don't know if he's going to be a bench bat. I mean, that sort of doesn't make sense because he's a guy that needs tons of at bats to go in. So, like. I, I'm glad that they're keeping him in St. Paul and just giving him a huge, you know, a, a ton of at bats there. But I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, I, you know, it'll probably these things generally work themselves out naturally. With you know, all it takes is one Donaldson, you know, calf strain or hamstring strain or whatever, uh and you don't have to worry about this. But, but in the short term, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I, I mean, what would you do? I mean, you, you, he has to come back to the roster. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't it, start him. like you just have him be a, a pinch a hitter pinch, and yeah
1: and. Yeah. Yeah. B- because yeah. If, if I put Kirloff back in left and Polanco's at second, Arise can't play. And I'm gonna play him. So so if my decision is Sano or Arise, that's easy. Arise yes. plays. So like there's yep. no so so like Kirloff going to left doesn't fix my problem. Cause my problem is unless I want to bench Polanco sometimes, um, which I guess I guess you can do on occasion. But that's not my desire. So, yeah, Sano is, unfortunately, a bench bat. Cause, cause, like, yeah. But, Jake, like, I, am I really going to bring him back, play him, and like hope for, for that Miguel hot streak? Because that would be the reason to play him would, would be like, well, he's going to hit this hot streak, right? Like June for two weeks. I don't know. It seems to me that you're going to get a lot more consistency from Kirloff, Arise, um being in the lineup on a daily basis, then like holding your breath on Sanoa's gonna get hot. And when he does, it's gonna be incredible.
2: Right. The, I generally agree with you, but but he does get hot. Mm-hmm. Like we know that. He gets hot. He goes on these two week stretches where he carries an offense. If if he's a bench bat, uh you might never get there. You know? You're like right. if he's getting if he's getting eight to 10 at bats a week, like he he might just never figure it out. And he hits under 200 for the year and it's just a wasted season. But um, I don't know I, because you, you, I would, like you said, I'd rather have a rise in there. Uh, Polanco has been struggling. So you could maybe argue, you know, taking him out uh, a, a little bit more, but I think they're in a tough spot with Sanoa. And, and I didn't really understand the extension at the time. Uh, and certainly it's not looking great now, but they're paying him a lot of money, you know? So he's, he's, he's going to, He's going to get some at bats. I mean, they're sure. going to get him in there. Uh, but, you know, it's a good problem to have, obviously, to have too many options. But I I don't I, – I just kind of give up with Miguel Sano at this point. Like, I, I don't know what to do with him anymore. Like, he he's this talented guy. He goes on these hot streaks where you think, my God, this guy's one of the best hitters in the league. But he just he just can't do it consistently, and he has so much trouble making contact. Um and his defensive value is minimal now that he's at first. Like, yeah, I guess
1: you just have to What's your best leave team? him on the. What's your best team? So, so, f- so flat out, you know, forget mm-hmm. names. If you are. You have to win one game. Rocco and Derek and Thad, what is your. Who are your best nine or eight players?
2: Yep. Uh, Garver behind the plate, Kirilov at first, uh, Arise at 2nd uh I'm. No, a rise left. Polanco at second. Yep. Simmons short. Donaldson at third. Buxton in center. Kepler in right. Yep. And then Cruz, obviously. Is I think first. that's
1: the question. Like, I think that's the question as opposed to uh, paychecks and as opposed to talent that you think might be there or hot streaks that might be coming, but they might not be. Yeah. I, I think the question that you – because Garver's not wrong. Like, you could make a case that this team needs to win series into – July, just series, which is hard to do, um, what's going to give you the best chance? And, and right now, Jake, the thing we keep coming back to before he got hurt with Miguel was what? Well, he walks a lot. Okay, that's not his role. Like, that's not something to be excited about. Um, so I think you're right. I, I think the eight that you just named, plus, of course, Cruz as your DH, is your best team on a regular basis that gives you a chance to win series
2: yep and again, it'll work itself out one of these guys will get injured obviously at some point it's just inevitable and then you put snow back in there and, and maybe he does get hot but um I, I think I think we're we're past the point of like you said like it you know I did bring up the point that he's getting paid a lot but I think we're past that point of like he needs to play because he's getting paid a lot or because he's still a, a young guy like he is who he is right now. you play him when he's hot um, but he has to prove it you know he's not just guaranteed a spot anymore. Uh, not, not with Kirilov emerging and and Arise being able to play all these different positions.
1: Bullpen, it was a disaster. It still has problems. Colome now is being used in. Is he now being used correctly? Because I mean, Rocco t- talked about dialing down the pressure and then immediately brought him into a game that the Twins tw- uh, trailed by a run in Cleveland and it, it went off the tracks. Uh, the Twins bullpen. If you had to give it a confidence ranking right now, 1 to 10, what would that figure be?
2: Uh, a three? I, I'm not confident in the Twins' bullpen right now. I mean, how many guys are, are really pitching well? You know, Taylor Rogers is pitching well. Duffy, his velo is down right now. Hopefully he gets it back as the weather warms up. Um, but he has not looked like, you know, completely dominant 2019. It's been,
1: 2019. Down to, just, it's been down spring training, though. Explain that one to me. Yeah, I can't.
2: I can't. I can. Um, and so that's a concern, you know, because it, the last two years, he was one of the best relievers in the league. And if he's not that guy anymore and he's more the, you know, 2017-18 Duffy who was solid but not, you know, dominant, yep. um, that's a problem. Uh, and, you know, Hansel Robles, he gets a lot of strikeouts, but he's a bit of a high-wire act out there. He walks a lot of guys. When he comes into a game, I don't feel particularly confident that it's going to be a shutdown inning. Um, And then obviously, Columet, you know, has been beyond bad. And it was funny. He pitched that scoreless inning in that that blowout on Saturday. And I didn't watch that live. And I was like, oh, he pitched the score. I looked at the box. I said, pitch the scoreless inning. I'm going to go back and watch it. Single, like 100 mile an hour line out, 100 mile an hour line out, 100 mile an hour line out. It might be gone. It might be gone. I, I think it might be, but I don't think you DFA him if he'll take, uh, an, a, you know, a, a fake IL stint and, and you can send him to, to St. Paul to try to get right. Because this guy has sure. such a long track record, you yeah. know, but, but, sometimes but, 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 that, but that can be a bad thing, too. I know. I know. And and, you know, the, the twins, the front office didn't fully address the bullpen. They lost a lot of guys like Robles was, was really bad last year. You know, Colomay, obviously regression was coming. We never thought it would be to this point. Um, so I think they either need to sign Shane Green, who's the best uh, fr- free agent reliever still out there, or make a trade. We've, we have seen quite a few uh, early season trades in MLB this year. Uh, so I, I they could make a trade. Otherwise, you're going to have to start calling kids up who, who aren't experienced. But I don't think this can go on much longer because, you know, Alcala, Alcala has a lot of potential. He's still a little bit wild theobar has been uh you know he's he's got a lot of strikeouts he's also given up a lot of hard contact. So this is not a good situation. They're thin right now and and mm-hmm. a, uh makes it a lot worse. What's your what are you guys how do you feel about the bullpen? What's your confidence rating?
1: Uh yours is a 3. Yeah. My, mine right now is probably about a 4 and here's why. The guys that they want to count on the most and Rocco will use them. I mean he continues to aren't consistently coming close to getting it done. And that's my concern. Cuz Rocco's going to go back to the same it's going to it's going to take a while. Like he's not going to pull the plug. Um I mean heck, I'm, the the whole thing with Kalame last week amazed me. I mean, Baldelli said we're going to use him in low le- leverage situations, we're going to dial down the pressure and I'm like, "Oh, really smart. It's about time, right?" And he brought him into a one-run game. Now, granted, the Twins were down by one, but that's still a winnable game. And he melted down. It's like, oh, what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. He stinks right now. So I'm at about a four. Um, It just doesn't – sometimes bullpens start to gel and work, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't. And, like, everything that that they tried to do with uh, Dominic before they sent him down today didn't really work. Uh, it's just, it feels like, it feels like they don't have a feel for this bullpen. And too many guys that they really want to rely on are failing them. And I don't know, to your point, you know, trade or possibly signing a guy. I don't know when that move comes, but it feels like if they're going to do it, they should do it really soon.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pr- I would say at about a five right now. I'm at about a five, and that is majority to do with Taylor Rodgers. And what I, what's 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 baffling too is it just seems like like Rodgers has barely been out there. Like I, I feel like I yeah. don't see him nearly enough. He's only faced I have a baseball reference up right now. He's only faced thirty five batters. Guys that have faced more batters than Taylor Rodgers already. Caleb Fieldbar forty six Randy Dobnik 64 Alex Colomay, 51 Hansel Robles, forty one. Like your most effective reliever is being used the least right now. And if we want to be done with, hey, we don't have closers. We don't. We don't name a closer. I'd rather Taylor Rogers like assume, and this is just my unhealthy obsession with Josh Hader, but assume like the Josh Hader role of like I'm going to be the number one fireman out of this bullpen, and like good luck hitting my stuff. Yeah, Rogers doesn't have the stuff that Hader has. Hader has elite level stuff. Rogers is obviously probably a step down from that but at this point, if you're the twins, like I'm not in the market for trading for a starter, every twins fan, every all star break, get a starter, get a starter, get a starter. I'd rather like go out and try to get another firearm reliever to try to pair with those two and then basically make it a matchup game in the last five innings.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. They need to acquire somebody else. And, and here's my issue with, with the front office, if your whole philosophy is that you're not going to pitch starters deep into the games, right, and they still haven't had a starter throw a hundred pitches at a game or a debate, yeah. a starter has own. If that's your whole philosophy, then you better have a damn good pen, yes. and you better have yeah. a deep pen, you know. And and, and, they, and they don't. And even going into the season, I did. I, I thought it was an issue. We talked about it on the season preview show that um, we we all kind of were concerned about that. But yeah, you better have a lockdown pen if you're gonna if you're gonna pull starters all the time. Uh, and and so it's cost them games. There's no question in my mind that's that's cost them two or three games at least this year. Absolutely, uh, at least. Uh, so, so yeah. So I just I don't understand this philosophy. Like your pen stinks right now. So throw Burrios out there for an extra inning, or or Hap, or Maeda, or you know fill in the blank, um, and they won't do it. And you know I mean Rocco forgot how many mound visits oh, they had in an inning. I mean that yep. was really with bad. That was that, really that was bad. a bizarre.
1: That was really bizarre.
2: I mean, I've never seen that before. I've watched a lot of baseball in my life, and I've never seen that before. I don't How does nobody in the in the dugout say, you know, as he's going out there, it was Rocco, really, we don't have a mound visit. It was like, really
1: weird. It was
2: really, was, really weird. I have no idea. You know, and again, I, I, I like Rocco we, every single podcast. I've said the phrase I like Rocco, but I like Rocco but he didn't really even take that much accountability for that. He said, it's on me, but I'd rather talk about what happened in the game than that.
1: And I was doing something else. He, he said, I was doing something else. So I, I basically didn't see yeah. it or lo- it was very weird. Like it to me, it, to me, it was just a part of what's what was wrong at that point with like the twins just don't seem there, there's been large stretches of the spring where this team doesn't seem to be there. Like, they're not all engaged. It's very weird, and I don't know what. And it feels like it might be changing now. So for for their sake, I certainly hope it is. But it just feels like there's been games, you guys, and situations and times where from Rocco on down, there's a lack of engagement in the game that I can't explain. And that that was probably like the poster child moment of what just happened. And he's like, you know, it, it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, you, you, a major league manager cannot. It's
2: like forgetting how many outs there are on defense. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, that just can't happen. It, it just can't happen. Um, and you're right. I think that was that was a low point, and that was kind of the 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 culmination of a month of uh, a lot of really bizarre, some very unlucky um, things happening to the Twins, but also just a, a lack of of. I don't, it's not preparation, I don't think, but just a lack of of a coherent strategy when it comes to, to managing the pen. So
1: speaking of pitching and starting pitching, let's turn to that for a second. How much longer do you Jake Depew continue with the Matt shoemaker experiment? Cause I'm just about done what th- three and a third on Saturday, 13 to three loss twins never had a chance. He gave up, I think nine runs eight earned something like what eight hits. Um, he works incredibly slow. He has struggled. Now, he says, I often struggle at the start, and he has been a guy previously who has battled injuries and the like, so I get all that. Uh, but I don't know how long you go down this path. Like, the Twins love to sign guys like this, which I'm actually okay with, but I think you also then, in turn, have to cut the cord and not say, well, we signed him, let's give him a long shot here. I mean, playing behind this guy, first of all, would drive me batty. Like. You can't work that slow. But second of all, if you're going to get rocked and I'm playing behind you, I am really out. So I'm just about done. If he has one more bad start, I probably say, okay, dude, bullpen maybe. I don't know. I don't care. But I'm going to get somebody else in to serve in that starting role.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why they optioned Dobnik today, obviously, you know, to get him stretched out. He's not going to pitch out of the bullpen in St. Paul. I mean, that, there's only one reason they did that, and that's to get him stretched out to potentially replace Shoemaker. So I would probably give him two more starts. Um, here's one of the problems, though. Dur- Johan Duran and Jordan uh, Belazovic, yep. they're both hurt. And that did, th- that news just only came out recently. Neither of those guys are starting the season uh, on the active roster in AAA or, or double Um, Belzovic hurt his back and Duran, I, f- I forget uh, exactly what the injury was. I just tweeted out, um, he's uh, video that the Fort Myers, I think play by play guy took of him pitching, uh, to, to twins hitters down there. So like these guys are weeks away, probably months away from being able to join the team and really help. And that's their top two pitching prospects. So they don't have a ton of depth. Obviously you can plug Dominic in there. Um, and Lewis Thorpe is an option as well. But are you are you that much more confident in either of those oh, guys than Matt no. Shoemaker? No. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't just release Shoemaker given the the yeah. lack of depth in the pen. I'd, I'd I'd say Matt, you've been a starter your whole life. We're paying you two million bucks. Yep. You've been really bad as a starter. See if you can work it out in the pen. Um But yeah, I mean, I think the leash is is pretty short, and I think. I think that's obvious from from what they're doing with with Dobnik, but mm-hmm. but I really thought you know Duran would be an option you know by by May or or June, and, and it doesn't sound like that's really the case. And Belzovic, I, I don't know that we'll see him at all um, this year. So it, it, they're, they're, I mean, it they have some some good depth, I guess, um, but the number five spot is, is a is a problem right now. Yeah.
1: So Jake, tell me this: How soon do you? think that you need to see some of these young arms start to come up and emerge and help the big league club because the whole thing with Derek coming from Cleveland was what? Oh, he finds pitching, he cultivates pitching and we got, and I mean, Cleveland does that they do to this day. They've got some incredible arms and like they replace guys and jettison starters. And then they have new starters who are good. Um, What's the timetable now? Pretty, Far in from the time that Derek got the twins job initially, what's the timetable now for some of these i'm not talking about guys signed off the street i 'm talking about young arms that they've drafted or that we've talked about for a while to start to come up and actually contribute because it feels it feels like we're not getting that bang for our buck
2: yeah, and I think that's a legitimate fair criticism of Falvey that that was sort of his MO when he came to the twins that he was, you know, uh, developing all these starters in Cleveland. And I'm, and he obviously was involved in that process, but they continue to develop starters in Cleveland and and turn them into aces like Bieber. And we really haven't seen that with the twins. You know, Barrios has, has gotten, I guess, you know, better in his time, but, but, um, you know, he, he, he sort of plateaued, I think, as kind of a number two guy. Maybe he can make the leap this year. Other than that, who have they really developed? You know, Taylor Rogers, Duffy, some guys in the pen for sure. But we haven't seen starters really get developed during the Falvey-Levine regime and come up and pitch really well. Duran and Balazovic are, are the next two guys. Again, they're both hurt. I think we could we could see Duran later in the summer. Other than that, um, I don't think there's anybody super close. Winder, um, Josh Winder, starting the year at Double A. He's he's a guy that could potentially make an impact maybe late in the year. Sure. But we're not seeing that same Cleveland pipeline type of situation happen in Minnesota, and I, I think that's disappointing given F- Falvey's calling card. You know, I mean, if you look at their rotation, it's they've got a lot of veterans. You know, Shoemaker, JHAP, uh, Maeda, that they either traded for or signed yep. um, from other teams. So.
1: Yeah, It's and, a problem. And I don't want to see, so I'm tired of, well, he he uh, just came up, and so we're, we're going to coddle this guy, right? Alcala. Like, we're going to coddle him and put him in this low leverage situations that Rocco loves and stuff. I want to see guys contribute. So, like, I don't want to see, like, I don't understand why we're not getting quicker transitions to last year. we We didn't put pressure on, which is fine. This year we're going to. And that's my point about the bullpen. It's like they're constantly going out and trying to sign veteran guys to put in the situations that your young arms should eventually take and run with, right? But but it seems like the Twins are, as far as pitching goes, constantly coddling guys. And if you watch Cleveland, what they do is what? They bring a guy up, ease him in possibly at first, and then it's go time. Twins pitching? I can't figure out when it's go time. It always seems like it's, uh let's dial it down on this guy, and let's bring in this 37-year-old righty that we signed. Like, no, that's not, That's no, 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 no. You want to have these guys develop, partially because they're on cheap contracts too, develop and contribute uh and experience pressure and hopefully succeed. And it feels like the Twins are anti that.
2: Yeah, and Alcala is a perfect example. You know, Alcala was a starter. They traded for him. He was a starting pitching prospect and started all, you know, through 2019, uh, and they essentially just gave up on him. They couldn't develop him as a starter and uh he has potential out of the pen, but obviously a pen guy is is far less valuable than an elite starter. But yeah, I mean, there isn't one guy. Uh, you know, they they took over in 2000, they got the job in November 2016, I believe. Um uh, and there isn't one guy, one starter who's come up and been developed by them. Uh, that that's made an impact. And meanwhile, Cleveland continues, Yes, you know, Aaron Savali, Tristan McKenzie, Bieber's an ace. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, F- Falvey needs to, needs to, for all the and Rocco needs to done, use them.
1: but I mean, they well, uh,
2: turn them yeah. loose. Sure. Yes. And I'll call call going to, they're going to have to turn them loose. They don't have any other option at this point. Um, but yeah, we need to start seeing some of these guys. I, I hope we see Duran this year. Um, but, you know, Fernando Romero is another example. Like, yes. what what the hell happened to Fernando Romero? He, think, he was the guy.
1: He had some issues yeah. off the field. But, I mean, that is the type of thing. It, it's remarkable when, when you say that. November of 2016, and you still don't have a guy that's come up and been like, oh, my God, you found somebody really good. It, instead, yeah. it's like, please welcome Jay Hap. Okay, that's fine. He's nice. But he's my age. Shoemaker. Yep. Basically my age. It's like, no, that's not what you want. Like, I can find people to find guys off scrap heaps. You're developing guys. Develop guys. Make trades for guys. That's fine. Um, All right. So the good news is this. Next seven games. Speaking of of the potential to win series, multiple series. Next seven games, a four-game set against the Rangers starts uh, tonight as we record this on Monday at Target Field. Rangers are in last place in the American League West. And then you get the eight and twenty one Detroit Tigers over the weekend in Detroit. I know baseball's weird and I know it's not predictable, so I'm guaranteeing nothing, but this would be a good time to go on a prolonged hot streak.
2: Oh yeah, they need it. Um and, and I do feel more confident going into these seven games than I have since the beginning of the year, that that they're starting to figure it out. The Rangers, you know, part of the part of the, the the issue is it's not when you – or it's, I'm sorry, it's not the teams you play. It's when you play them. The Rangers just took three out of four from from Boston. So they're playing good baseball right now. I don't think it's a guarantee the Twins will win that series, but they need to. I mean, they need to take three out of four. Uh, we're going to see Gibby back at Target Field on Tuesday. Oh, he's going to uh,
1: labor. N- he's going to labor. Nibble. He's
2: going to nibble, baby.
1: He's going to throw it <laughs> a first 18 times for one batter.
2: Yeah, yeah. But this is a series they need to, they need to win three out of four. I think three – Texas has three right-handed starters that are uh, that are going. So Kirilov is going to get a lot of at bats. Um, yeah, and, and then they need to go, you know, take two out of three at least from Detroit. So this is a critical stretch. We say this all the time, but when you're when you've dug as deep a hole as the Twins have dug, they're all critical stretches. But when you're playing these losing teams, you, you, you've got to make up some serious ground now.
1: Byron Buxton. All right. So our weekly Byron Buxton appreciation because he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, what what more what more can we say? And I'll start with you, because I I was afraid I, I think we were recording last week when Declan came on the mic and said that Buxton mm-hmm. was not going to play. And I think we then not very nicely joked that it would probably be about two weeks before we saw him play again. He came back very quickly, um, and watching him again against KC it is remarkable. He what robbed a home run, made a diving catch, continues to smoke the baseball. This guy, if he can have any semblance of health, is going to get paid and deserve every penny, provided he can stay healthy.
2: I mean, he is legitimately the best player in baseball right now. That, statistically, yeah. he has been the best player. He he. He has, a high, if you're into analytics or advanced stats, he's a higher war than Trout. He has more home runs than Trout. Who, that's the only guy who's really statistically close to him. And he's playing platinum glove center field, like you said, robbing home runs, making diving catches. This guy takes over games in a way that's very, very difficult for any baseball player to do. You know, you just don't have the impact in baseball that you do in basketball or hockey, uh, But he's, or football as a quarterback, but yep. he's managed to do it, man. I mean, he is single-handedly winning some of these games. It's incredible to watch. And, you know, he's not striking out either. He had, there was an at-bat he had against Brady Singer in that Friday game, and Singer's a good pitcher. Singer threw a perfect breaking ball, r- low and away, right on the outside corner and Buxton turned it around and lashed a single to left field. You know, that's a pitch that, um, you know, the last few years, even when he was hitting well, he would probably strike out on or, or, or swing and miss or whatever. Yes. Like, he's, he's making contact with everything. He's not getting fooled. It's just coming so easy for him. And I just, I'm so happy for the, I'm happy for Twins fans, but I'm, I'm happy for Buxton, man. I really am. Like, there's nobody on this roster I'd rather see have success than him. And uh, if he can stay healthy, He's going to be top three MVP. I mean, a, a potential winning the MVP if the Twins turn around and, and win the division or make the playoffs. I mean, that's how good he's been. He better win April Player of the Month. Uh, You know, I, I know, like, who really cares about that? I, I'm sure Buxton cares. You know, I'm sure that would uh, be something that 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 he would like, even if the rest of us don't really think that much about it. But regardless, he's been exceptional. Just except like he's playing at such a high level. I, I look forward to every at-bat. Every ball that's hit to him, and you know he's playing through these knee issues and these hamstring issues, and still beating out you know ch- you know choppers to second, making covering a, yes. an enormous amount of ground in the outfield. He's just I, I, I can't get enough of the guy. I gotta hope he stays healthy.
1: Oh, me too. And the thing about it is, so the appreciation I, I think that I have the most for him right now is this: it is remarkable to realize to watch his. um to, to the point that you're talking about, his at-bats and the approach, right? And four years ago, this guy was lost at the plate, or five years ago. I mean, he was it, was it was baffling. Like, he was swinging at stuff, and you were like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And I mean, there was a prolonged period where I just thought, if he hits 260, we should all be thankful. And now, fast forward to today and what you're saying, Jake, and to watch him turn the ball around, and to watch his approach, and to watch his just confidence um, and ability at the plate. It's so much more fun because it's the same guy and it doesn't even begin, you know, like it's not like it was uh, Oh, I could see that five years back. I couldn't see that. Could you like, he looked lost. He had no idea. He had no approach at times. He was, you know, trying to take in the advice he got from everybody and their brother. And you could see his mind spinning at the plate and he's swinging at crap. And you're like, dude, you are as lost as can be. And now you see it. And it's so much fun because he looks like such an accomplished um, player at the plate now. And his hitting approach is just so darn good. Um, It's hard. It's hard not to be happy for him, but it's also remarkable to watch that transformation because, you know what? Ordinarily, I think this. Ordinarily, a guy who hits as well as he is right now, you don't see having looked that bad. Right? Right. Like, ordinarily, it's like, I'm not saying the guys don't improve. They they do. But you name me. Who's the last guy that you could say that you saw play for the Twins who just looked completely like crap and then in a period of time, looked phenomenal at the plate. That's a
2: really good like, question. Kirby
1: was always Kirby. He swung at everything, but he always hit it.
2: Yeah, I mean, when Morneau first came up in two thousand three, he really struggled. Um, and two thousand six, he was about to get sent down, and then turned around and won the MVP. But mm-hmm. he was like really bad through June. So, but but that but those weren't these you know year long stretches that that Buffson's had. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's that's at that level of of. Um, you know, just being, seeming baffled at the plate to, to what he is now. And isn't it weird to look back at 2015, as we've talked about when, you know, Sano was taking these unbelievable at bats and laying off pitches and he seemed like the guy that was going to evolve into this incredible hitter and Buxton seemed totally lost. And it's just, they both done a total 180. Um But yeah, I mean, his improvement has been remarkable. I, I he's a really hard worker, you know, from everything I know about him, yes. um, Definitely. He, he, he cares a lot. He's passionate. He's a hard worker yep. and he's willing to, to listen to people. As you pointed out, sometimes to, a, to a, a fault, you know, I think there were times early in his career when he was listening to too many people, Rousen got a hold of him. I think Rousen really helped uh, uh, change him for the better.
1: Final thoughts, sir, before we wrap this episode of talking twins up. Well,
2: do you want to really quick talk about my ADA? Because my oh, sure. a,
1: this is a problem.
2: Um, I guess this can be our, my final thought, but uh, you know, if if the Twins weren't so bad, if they were a 500 team, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about Maeda a lot more. I mean, he's looked pretty bad. His ERA is almost 7. He doesn't seem like he has any command. He's giving up a lot of home runs. Um it's still early in the year and he has a, a long track record and he's not he's not old, you know, he's not in his mid to late 30s. So I don't know what's going on with him. Um but this would be a bigger story if it if it weren't for all of these other calamities. Uh he he needs to start figuring it out. You know, he's a, a huge key to the success of this team. He's a big part of what they do. And if he can't get his ERA back down into the threes, um it, it, it's hard to see them contending even with as well as Barrios is pitching.
1: Past two starts, he has uh surrendered 12 runs. He has a 656 ERA on the season and will start Monday against Texas. Um the one thing the one thing and I was super impressed by him last year is I wonder if there is a medium between the struggles of 2021 And how he pitched in 2020, like if if we expected too much uh, and he can't be this bad. But I wonder if if there's somewhere in between those two, those two things where he's going to slot in, which is entirely possible.
2: Right. And his career ERA is right around four, maybe three point eight. Five, something like that. Uh, so that is more likely what he is, but um, he needs to figure it out quickly, you know, because it, it, again, t- t- it's, it feels weird to say this in may, but time is sort of running out in the sense that they need to be competitive by the trade deadline or a lot of these guys are going to go, you know? Um, and so that's, I think that's where Garver was coming from when he was like, we need to win every series between now and the all-star break. You can't be, you know, five to 10 games under 500, eight games back at the deadline and uh and expect the, the the team to to buy. You know, we saw that in 2018. Oh, and they seven, won't.
1: Th- Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about the Twins buying if they're 8 to 10 back.
2: Right, exactly. So I mean, it, it, they really have to figure this out quickly and 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 so it a, right. has to be a, a big part of it. Yeah. So hopefully he'll he'll get it going uh,
1: tonight. All next right, time. sir. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Okay, Jake DePew? All right. Thanks, guys. All right, We'll talk to you later on Talking Twins.